0: stuff. I'm Kaylee. I'm Bernice. Thank you guys for tuning in again. How are you guys out there in podcast land? We missed you. We've missed you. Well, we took two weeks off. but We, we took never, two weeks we off, but not for you
1: guys. But if I feel like I've missed you even in a week.
0: Our uh, our master behind all this, Michelle, she's on it for us. Yeah. She takes care of all this, all the editing. Thank you, Michelle. Michelle I know you're is, listening. She's our producer. you're listening out there. She's our...
1: EP? Executive EP. producer? I'm all, what is that they Erectile dysfunction? Oh, God, stop.
0: <laughs> That's Dean
1: up. She's got ED. Oh, I'm sorry. She's our EP. <laughs> <laughs> up to a great start, I can uh, see. Very, another enlightening podcast on erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Let's go ahead. We know a lot about that. It's too late <laughs>
0: here. <laughs> um, okay, so anyways, today actually kind of dying into the topic, we're going to talk about the... <laughs>
1: yeah, and oddly enough. Huh?
0: <laughs> good segue. Oh, Unplanned. Good segue. Um, Segways are everything, just on a side note. They are There are everything. so many times when we're hosting like a, a retreat or a workshop or even just a training where it's like you're like looking for the perfect segue to get you into the next topic and when you or your teammate can just like nail it for you, Seamlessly. it's like you get to like this, yes inside to be like no one even knows we're shifting topics because that was perfect
1: here we go and here we go
0: anyways ed erectile dysfunction (laughs) brings us to the topic of how what the experience is living in our bodies so how how do you experience living in this body and what do you mean by that what do i mean by that good question so i guess the example that I would like to start with, maybe this is going to help you guys all. It kind of helps me. Um, Most of you know I have a three-year-old, Huxley. And, man, you can learn a lot from your kids. Mm -hmm. So much from your kids. But when I watch her, like, she's so uncoordinated. Okay, she is. So that point aside,
1: I... She doesn't know she's uncoordinated.
0: Well, she falls a lot. I think she, she knows the results of it. She doesn't necessarily know she's uncoordinated. But I don't think that Huxley acknowledges, like, her body. I don't think she's made a connection of, like, I my, my tummy is, you know, whatever. Or... Um, that's a terrible example. Let me try another one. Like, I think that she just understands that her body is part of who she is. And she doesn't spend a lot of time thinking about her body. That's, I think she's just in her body. Mm-hmm.
1: That and, is such a good point. I was just thinking, I'll just segue just yes, quickly. Please. Cause I was just ED. Are we back to ED? <laughs> Let me talk about erectile dysfunction <laughs> one more time. Um, but I was just thinking about Reynolds. <laughs> My son is 11 now and finishing yes. up fifth grade. And, um, I kind of want to call attention to his body. Oh, yeah. But he's not really aware of it yet either in a weird way. Yes. Because even like, you know, he has a shirt on and the shirt is maybe too tight because no. he's a big kid and yeah. I think he's going to get really tall, but he has kind of a big tummy tum. Uh-huh. <laughs> tummy <laughs> Big yes, tummy yeah. But, um, and I'm finding myself wanting to be like, wanting to say something about, like, hey, Ray. I think your shirt is too yeah. tight or, but then I realized,
0: He doesn't even notice that. Yeah, so why bring awareness for him? Because once you have that awareness of your body, you're not really, at at, at least for me, you're effed. Once that hits, it's like, then you really, and I think for a lot of women, we become consumed with what the experience is of living in these bodies. Mm -hmm. And seeing a three year old, seeing an 11 year old, um, just with this complete,
1: Uh, unawareness unawareness
0: yeah like uh, this unknowing of even um that that their body is something they should be thinking about Huxley does not think about her body and maybe that's part of the reason why she's super clumsy and falls a lot that's why I said that's that's a different point but not in a way it's like she is unaware it's just she doesn't it's 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 not it's not something
1: that she thinks about I'm sure that they don't it's not part of their inner talk or whatever. No. And
0: so, so unfortunately I feel like the inner
1: talk comes from outer experiences, yes, outer
0: influences, the media, things we hear, the way that people start to talk about different bodies, that all that external stuff is what creates our awareness of our
1: bodies. Yes.
0: But so when I watch her and I see her and, um, and and I, I, I just, so badly want to protect that innocence.
1: Oh, I know, because I worry for Ray because he's starting middle school next year. Yeah. And I know middle school, at least for me, was a time where suddenly I became aware of more of judgments, Mm -hmm. I think. Oh, absolutely. And your peers became maybe more important Mm -hmm. than your parents did. There's a shift. As influencers. Yes. And um, and I'm like, uh-oh. So part of me wants to tell him now, like, you know, dude, Watch Got out, because they're going to nail you. They're going to nail they're you. Tommy so, Tom, <laughs> let
0: me bring a little awareness. Let me just destroy, destroy your, your peers. Yeah, let me destroy you instead of
1: your peers. But um, but I'm not doing it because obviously, like you're saying, it almost happens. Unfortunately, naturally, it does um, without your parent probably
0: Well, unfortunately I bet a lot of parents are the ones who bring this type of attention and that's just so sad it's so horrible yeah
1: oh yeah oh my gosh
0: it's really heartbreaking but I guess the more I think about this and even I'm just kind of having this revelation as we talk now I wonder if we could go our whole lives without having this awareness if we didn't feel Uh, The pressure or hear the chatter or see in the images portrayed in the media of what a body is supposed to look like or how a body is supposed
1: to be. Oh, that's such a good point. Like, what if we were just tribal? Well, and that's or what in, if yes, we lived was, without media? Yes, or without mirrors, or without mirrors. Yeah, I mean, mirrors are relatively new, aren't they? Like within the last thousand, two thousand years. I don't yes. know. Yes, um, but I imagine what it would be like. Because remember reading all those stories, like in the you know long, long ago, people would see themselves for the first time when they would look in a lake, mm-hmm. still water or something. Mm-hmm. You'd be yeah, like, oh, yeah. whoa. Yes, you wouldn't even know. No, what you look like. I mean, in terms of because totally. we can. I just see out. You just see out, or you can look down. I see, can see arm, down and, my arms you can and see my down your but body, I, but you don't know what your face looks like. No,
0: and I I do wonder. Like, do tribal people who don't have mirrors or don't. Um, maybe place as much importance on how you look i mean they pretty much have similar dress very little dress and Mm -hmm. they don't seem to be ashamed they don't seem to really spend too much of their psychic energy thinking about what they look like Mm -mm. or if their body looks like everybody else's. right and i'm just thinking man how much freedom would we have in our thoughts in our energy in our lives if we weren't Thinking so much about the experience of being in our bodies—that's
1: such a good point. Like, what did you tell me the other day in terms of negative thoughts? Mm, okay, so, um,
0: so I was doing some research because, um, well, anyways, cause well, because we want... have a
1: workshop coming, yeah, yeah pretty exactly, soon. and uh, yeah, exactly, yeah, and I was a, very about
0: body love and going from armor to amour. Um, so I was doing a little research, and it says the average woman um, has eight. Um, self-critical thoughts a day and the first one um, almost always starts before 9 30 a.m. which makes sense because that's when you're getting ready and looking in the mirror like that seems like a no-brainer and that I don't know what percentage of women don't have any positive thoughts about themselves a day and the really pathetic and sad thing uh, when I heard that it's eight negative thoughts a day, like, that actually seems really low.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we both were
0: like... I was like, because I, I did the research, and then I, I came to the studio, and I'm like, so, Bernice, how many times a day would you say... And, you know, you said maybe a couple an hour, and that's probably where I'm Yeah, more at. Maybe. Yeah. If I'm just, like, sitting around, like, I think that they come more... Frequently than if I'm actually engaged in something else and like using my brain and you know interacting and whatever, but but just like
1: yeah, if I'm sitting, if I'm not thinking, or, yeah, yeah, engaging like my brain engaged in other ways, and we are in a weird business where we look in the mirror or a mirror is around us a lot, yeah, which um which isn't bad. I mean, you know, we do have to deal with this, and you know, in terms of how we feel about being in our bodies and and acknowledging. Why we have such a high frequency of negative thoughts, yes, about these wonderful gifts. Oh my gosh, hello, nothing is wrong with, with <laughs> these bodies like they're they're wonderful <laughs> bodies, they work, we they move, yeah, they take us
0: places, yeah. And it's like, okay, so are we just like super susceptible to um, like media? Is media just like totally killing it with us, is, or like, where does this? Come from Because I feel like you and I are both confident women and we are healthy mm-hmm. and we have, you know, pretty decent self-confidence. So why would both you and I, mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't think I like have a problem with it, I would say. Mm-mm,
1: no. I mean, maybe I do, but, but well, well, actually, maybe I do now. It's I mean, quite a maybe big maybe problem now, Kaylee. Um, but that's crazy. But when, since, since Kaylee brought this up, actually... Um, last night i went home and then i just noticed because sometimes i was just thinking off the top of my head when you asked me that question how many times but then when i went home I noticed, like, I had the, these in, these intrusive negative thoughts about my body coming in, like every, constantly, constantly, like every kind of like couple maybe minutes. Don't eat that cookie, uh, yeah. You know, or is my stomach kind of overflowing over my shorts? Is anybody noticing? Yeah, are I, they looking at me? I are have, they judging? I had friends over, and we're all just chatting. Are they
0: looking at my stomach, thinking, "Oh, she better not eat that cookie." Yeah. And then when I do grab the cookie, they're like, "Oh, oh, yeah, Ooh. maybe bad choice." Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is. But I thought too. how ridiculous I'm with two good friends, yeah. and suddenly I'm off as the, I'm talking, thinking about, is, what are they looking at my stomach?"
0: Well, and the thing is, it's like nobody actually thinks about us as much as we would think that they. That's do. exactly that's what my
1: dad told me long ago. I remember, he was like, yeah. "How much do you think people think about you?" And I was like a 15 year old at the yeah. time, and I'm like, a "All lot. the time," I said, "A yeah. lot." And he was like, you know what? I think they're thinking about themselves.
0: Yes, and I I think that's so true
1: about you, B. And I was like, Mm -hmm. what? Mm -hmm. But that's totally true. I'm not thinking about you, right? You're You're not not thinking thinking, about. I like negative. You know, my negative thoughts are all about. Oh my god. About yourself. Yeah. Look at my arm jiggle when I raise it up. Totally. You know. Totally.
0: And so I guess you know we can sit around and talk about our negative self thoughts all day long. But, like, what do we do about this? Yes. And what do we do? Like, how do we switch that? And how do we, um, I don't know, how do we create a healthier relationship with our body? And how do we invite that childlike experience of being in a body where you're literally just using your body to to live your life? Yeah. You know, like... Just running around, with my should tight just shirt on? Yeah, you're just <laughs> running around. You're just not run. thinking you is something on. jiggling <laughs> when I run. I should tuck in my belly before I start running because I don't want to feel it jiggle <laughs> as I'm like running. Yeah.
1: you know, little kids just run around. They don't even really think about it. They don't even think
0: about it. No. So how do we get back to that place? And I think that we. So maybe for those of you who have just amazing self confidence great like send us your your ways like how how do you have such a healthy relationship help us yeah. help us. us
1: um
0: but for those of you who maybe feel more like us with the self judgment that comes along with having a body um how do we how do we get past that
1: yeah that's a good question you know and it's like you know, I think one thing is noticing, for me, really, recently, just noticing how many negative thoughts I have. Yeah. Like, it's like, whoa, calm down. Right. Like,
0: we almost get used to how much. Yes. It's just, it, it almost just becomes um, natural. It's something that we're not even cognizant of. I wasn't of even really how aware. How often those negative thoughts are. Because
1: even when you ask me, I'm like, well, not that much. You know, I thought when you first asked me. I mean, I mean, it's kind of frequent, but really, you know, probably not that much. And then when I started to notice it, it was actually much more than I thought. Yeah, I think um, mine so. First is noticing. Yeah, just you know, noticing. like wow, mm-hmm. that's a lot of negative stuff you're telling yourself about your your great little body that's doing all this great stuff for you.
0: Yeah, and I think for me, a lot of maybe the work I need to do is um, disassociating my worth from my, from my, my physical my body physical being. and my gosh, I mean, be, you know, you're 55 and you've delivered, I mean, you, you've given birth to four kids, having babies changes your body. Oh my gosh. And I think a lot of what I need to do is just kind of like accept my body changes and it's changed from babies and some, you know, it kind of comes back and then I get pregnant again and then I go through the whole, it's like, oh, right now I'm in the really awkward phase of a pregnancy where it's like I just feel like my body's getting bigger, but I don't really have like a big belly bump yet, and I just feel like uncomfortable in my body. Yes, right. It's not like I've gained that much. I mean, I've probably gained like hardly anything. four or five. I don't know, maybe like four pounds or something. But it's like I just feel so. Yeah. It feels different, and so then I feel really uncomfortable in my body, which is so dumb because hello, I'm growing a baby. Right. <laughs> And there's this kind of surrender that needs to happen during this process, and also, it really demands that you're not selfish. Yes. And, like, I need to create a healthy environment, not only in my body, but in my mental health, for this little wife who's literally absorbing nutrients, absorbing energy, it like feeling vibrations. Oh, yeah. I, I don't want... Absorbing
1: emotions. Absorbing too.
0: emotions. I don't want this little girl to be like taking on my stuff. And I actually, like I've been thinking about this. So... When I was pregnant with Huxley, I was like, I was really afraid of my body and I was afraid of the pregnancy. And, you know, I'd had a really bad situation before that. So it was natural that I would have this fear attached to my body going yes. through this big deal. Not um, trusting. You. Not trusting. And so Huxley is very, very cautious in her body. Mm-hmm. She's extremely cautious. Like, she didn't walk till she was 16 months. Like, she, you guys, she couldn't jump on two feet till she was like, uh, I don't know, two something, mm-hmm. maybe even three. Mm-hmm. Jumping on two jumping, feet, jumping. Like she won't get her head wet in the pool. Like and she, she like won't it. get her face in the water. Like very, very, very cautious. cautious in her body. Now I was a little less afraid with Piper because Piper's pregnancy was fine, totally normal. Like I got to exercise through it all. Although she's not walking yet, (laughs) she can climb all up and down the stairs and up desks and everything. They're just not
1: walkers. That's the thing. They're just not
0: walkers. But I can see that she trusts her body more. More. And now with this baby, I actually kind of have a serenity around this pregnancy, as far as my body goes. I haven't worried. I dance. You have much more trust. I have a lot more trust. Like
1: we've done this twice before. I know my body can do it. Mm -hmm. I um,
0: like I didn't dance during the first trimester with either of my other girls and was just really cautious or really fearful or like every time I'd be done, you know, with class, I'd like, you know, i be like, you? do I cry? I'm I'm I'd like, okay. of your yeah. yeah. In this pregnancy, I'm just much more relaxed. And I'm actually really curious to to see how she, what her experience right away is in her body. Right. And yeah. I wonder, and my sister, she, um, she's just kind of a badass. She is a badass, but, um, her field of expertise is in, um, Maternal health and early childhood development, and there's a lot of research that that shows the importance of the, the maternal, yeah, both physical health and mental health during pregnancy. Oh,
1: huge, yeah.
0: And so I'm curious if I, you know, if if uh, if my uh, my relationship with my body will affect this baby's relationship with her body. Yeah.
1: Oh, interesting, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I love that. So I'm trying really hard. Yeah. So just be chill. Yeah. And to not judge myself and be like, oh my God, I'm looking, you know, right. I'm when looking you,
1: round. I used to love like, being is my face pregnant? fat? Did my face get fat? Oh my God, my fat, face yeah? got so fat on all my pregnancies. Ugh. And then, but I loved being pregnant, especially the first six months, maybe one, because I wouldn't exercise at all. Oh see, yeah, because you would cramp. I would cramp right away. Remember,
0: I cramped a lot with like Huxley, but then I cramped less with paper now because I think
1: have, it's mental. Well I yeah, and I for just me. like I just attached, like I cramp, I cramp. Oh my I'm god. And so I would, right away I'm like, that's it, I'm gonna deliver it right here. It's come out, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just had that. So I never exercised. But in a weird way that was kind of good for me because I was yeah. so kind of obsessive about it. Yeah, you, yeah. That it was almost like someone had given me like the ticket, like, here's your free pass.
0: Totally. You
1: don't need to think about exercising for, for these six nine months, months or nine, whatever, yeah, yeah. Um, or six months because I didn't really know I was pregnant and being, but um, and then but and even being pregnant it was like, oh well, I'm allowed now to get fat, fat. or whatever. Yeah, like I was like, it's expected. Yeah. So those were my free pastimes, but then as soon as the baby came out, it was like, oh oh, oh, oh you, you look mean. real bad. How sad! This I know. So sad. Like, and you even just. Delivered a, baby. a beautiful baby. And I love my kids, you know, four kids. I loved being pregnant, but I was just thinking the other day, I'm like, God, I wish I hadn't had four kids. It was so hard on my body. Like, my body won't be the same. And my husband's like, Yeah, but you're like, what a wonderful thing you did. Like, why yeah. are you judging yourself? You know, he's like, exactly. Obviously, you're not going to have the body you had when you were 20. You know, it's like,
0: why not? Why can't I have 55? I'm not,
1: I'm not sure why. That's not fair. Yeah. And my mom told me a great thing a few years ago. She's like, my, she just said, I noticed my body changed every 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. Not hugely, but there would be something different about it. Yeah. You know, whether my rib cage got bigger or, yeah. you know, and I'm like, oh. And
0: I think what we need to do then is just not have judgment attached to those changes. Like,
1: why? And then why am I like, her ribcage got bigger? You know, I'm like, that's so specific. Like, who totally. cares? Totally. <laughs> do, you, do you have your book, The Body's Not an Apology? Oh, no, I didn't bring
0: it today. Oh, there's such a beautiful poem in there about a mom. I've had belly. it every day except
1: for today. Oh, uh,
0: we'll have to read it to you guys in a different um, Oh, my God, it is a great... In a different podcast, but talking about, like, just how squishy and soft their mom's um belly was and how they they always um, had f- like free access to it they would just like lift up their mom's shirt and she would just let them like massage it like it was like I mean like I envision like yeah like bread thing? dough yeah. or whatever and just how they loved it and she had no shame around she was very proud of that she was proud tummy. of her tummy yeah and I love that like what like what a perfect reframe and I think that's part of it too it's just reframing like when am I feeling judgment about my body and can I reframe it to express or experience gratitude for the situations that have maybe shaped my body differently or that have allowed me to change and grow Mm. like I think that's a big one for me. Do I want the body that I had before kids? Is it worth having that? No. No. No.
1: No? no. Are you kidding me? Logically, that makes no you're sense. You're like, but that would be. I know. Part <laughs> of me is all logically, but. <laughs> I know. That's what you, when you said. Logically, I like, Your niece We lost. you're it. better
0: than this. <laughs> But I, um, yeah, I just find this topic fascinating. And I think that one of the big problems is that we do see in in so much media just slammed at us constantly what we feel like is... Um, Desired, but also expected. Yes, expected. Expected. Not only, not only do we know what is wanted
1: or what, whatever, what but it's assume like assume is wanted.
0: I do feel like we, as women, feel like we almost have an expectation
1: to yes. look a certain way. Yeah. And we better be grateful for the bodies, you know, that we just get to be here. Like, I love the pieces that you were reading or that podcast that you were listening to. Oh, yeah. So, you guys,
0: there's a really, really cool podcast. It's called Dear Sugars. So, Cheryl Strayed is one of the hosts. It's her and I can't remember the guy's name, but he's cool, too. Steve Steve he has See a great something. voice. Love his
1: voice. Love so, your voice, Steve, if you're Steve. listening. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> Steve, you out there? Steve? No. Steve? No, Steve is definitely Steve? not out there. So um, so it was really cool because this episode, the the podcast is called Dear Sugars, and the episode that I was listening to is called The Ugly Truth. And um, so they had women on this podcast who, um, one was born with physical um uh, deformities on her face, and so she looked normal when she was born. But then, as her bones like fused together, a while, I mean, it just her face was deformed, and her eyes were bulging, and all this. And she went through all these surgeries. And so, no matter how strong she tried to be internally. And no matter how much acceptance maybe she was developing for herself, when she would walk down the street, people would still point at her or like kids would look to their mommy like, mommy, what's wrong with her face? And so she just kept getting slammed, slammed, slammed with these like outside, um, uh, influence or like, yeah, reassurances that she was not. She, she didn't look the way she
1: should. She wasn't part of the norm.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. And so then eventually, it took her a long, long time, but eventually she became comfortable with who she is, and now she's an activist, and she's a speaker. And um, and so it was really kind of interesting to hear um, her perspective and, and just the work, the work that it took her to find acceptance. And um. so I, one of the things that Cheryl said kind of in response is, she said, like, okay, we all have these bodies or these faces or, or whatever it is that kind of are our recurring negative thoughts, whatever we feel negative about. We all have these bodies or, or these faces, and it is, up, it is up to us to figure out how we want to inhabit them. So if we have all of this negative self talk and all of this energy is negative, you have to believe that that's the energy you're putting out into the world. Mm. Like you can't put out all of this positive love and light and you know all, all of that when love you
1: yourselves, yeah love myself and yeah
0: when when you have when you have this negativity this really negative destructive self-talk yeah. and self talk yeah self. I don't know.
1: Just and that's a lot of psychic energy being put into totally. that negativity.
0: And then the question then kind of shifts to like, okay, so how how do we make conscious decisions to like live in these bodies? And and how do we how do we make the most of it in a way? It's like, what are you gonna are you gonna let are you gonna let that change? Or be who you are, or, or, or then do you figure out how to be the person inside that body? Mm-hmm. You know, and yes, like, I get we are our bodies as well, but sometimes, you guys, we can't help any of this. Like, then there was another story of a woman, and she was like, oh my gosh, I used to be, like so gorgeous and so confident and i had all these boyfriends and whatever and then she had a uh, she got some skin condition and it literally started discoloring her skin and I, in multiple uh, colors, oh yeah shades, like i think like, like reds and and even like black I, I, like like it looked like her skin was like um uh, maybe not decomposing but it was like changing to like purples and reds ooh, and, yeah and, and like um I don't know. I, I didn't see a picture of her. I, whatever. But it's all, she just it's all podcast. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. she, I mean, she lost all of her self-confidence. And one of the things that um, that she said, and I, I've definitely felt this way, is she said, um, so not only did she feel bad about being ugly, but she felt bad about feeling bad about being ugly. Because Ugh. she's like, I don't want to be this shallow. I know that I'm so much more than just how the I look. shame.
1: The devil shame. Double and she's shame. like,
0: I know that underneath this skin I am like maybe she didn't say confident but I'm like feminist and I'm smart and I'm witty and I'm all these great things she said but I feel so ashamed that I'm letting my physical appearance affect me mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. because we all know, like, I think we all know, okay, I'm not just the way that I look, but we are part of this society and we're part of this collective unconscious yes. that just kind of, um, uh, understands that we're supposed to look certain way, right and
1: gives us feedback. And an incredible amount of feedback. Like, we get feedback. And then we're like, so even we were talking about this the other day. I had cancer a few years ago and lost all my hair during treatment. And inside, I'm like, I'm strong, you know. And mm-hmm. I and I was thinking, I look pretty good, you know, Yeah. because I yeah. felt pretty good even in when I was getting treatment. And mm-hmm. um, but I just remember going shopping at the store, and then everyone, I could just see everyone's face would look at me, and I'd be like, uh Oh, I don't look so good. Yeah. And there would just be pity, which is, or, you know, and they just felt bad for me. Sure. Which I don't blame them for. But but then it just would remind me, like, Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. sick. And, I'm sick. And you know, even though I might feel pretty good, I obviously uh-huh. look like I'm sick to everybody. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that was a really yeah, hard thing. Yeah, that immediate
0: out, external feedback. Yes.
1: So it's really so hard. It almost us. like telling me I was wrong. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not yeah, okay. Maybe I'm not okay. Yeah, Here am. Really it looks like I don't look like. I don't look very good. Yeah. Like, I'm not well. Yeah. and um, But it's, it's, it made me not want to go out very much during yeah. that time period mm-hmm. just because you're like, you know, I could imagine if you had a facial deformity or something like that, and everyone's just like, you "You're know,
0: trying to be confident. You're trying to just trying be like, I'm to be gonna like, just, Hello. I'm not gonna let this affect me." But then when everybody else, it affects how they interact with you. Right. It's very difficult. It's hard
1: when you get that feedback. So again, it's that interplay of self and other. Uh huh. You know, and and what we yeah. do with that too.
0: Yeah. And one of the cool things that one of these women said, um, the one who was born with the deformities, is she said, "You know what." She said it makes, um, I have really good friends through this because I know that like, I know that the people who are like, who are with me, they're like, they're, they're with me, you know? Yeah. She said, no one is friends with me because they think I'm going to, like, help them get free drinks at a bar, or, like, you know, (laughs) no one's, like, inviting me to do stuff because they think that, you know, whatever, and I just, I I thought that that was kind of funny, but, and she said another thing, which I really love, is she said, um, she said that people trust me, because she, she said, um, that... Like, having this, I think, has given her a lot of compassion, and people can feel that. So, you know, it's like when you're relating, or when you're trying to speak to somebody about something really difficult or hard it's kind of like hard when you feel like the person has never gone through anything difficult and looks perfect and has everything oh yeah back. how are you going to relate Unless to And you?
1: you don't even really want to talk to them no you're like about it you, like, you suck your life's perfect I mean, you just assume that but i, I i've yeah. done that before definitely where someone looked really perfect and put together i'm like obviously she you know, has no idea what i'm struggling right with. we can't have any deep conversations yeah. yeah whereas i can see with someone that, yeah, like, who's
0: really struggled through their yeah. life and who has had to overcome really, really difficult things. Yes. Then you almost feel this safety and this trust speaking to them about yeah. your hardships because you know that this person has walked through some serious fire. Yeah, that's
1: a really good And point. so it
0: was It was kind of cool to hear her reframe. And, and obviously it took a really long time. Um, And the poor girl, she said, I mean, she went through dozens and dozens of surgeries mm-hmm. as a child. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but she eventually got to that place and now she is she's a, she's a role model she's an activist she's a speaker she's mm. she's using something that is really difficult and could have just like killed someone's spirit and she's now helping empower other, other people. people and um i i'm sure i talked about the workshop that i went to in a previous podcast about writing in the body and so um one of the facilitators um she was she was saying that when we do our own personal healing work we're not just doing it for ourselves we're doing it for all the people who come to who come behind us or who come so after true. us and i think that is that is also part of the value of doing this type of work for ourselves is you know this this whole thing like self care is not selfish even figuring out these issues for ourselves and like okay why is it hard for me to be in my body why is this judgment coming up what am i like how do i want to how do i want to change this how do i want to heal because we then can help
1: others heal. yes yeah because we set the example we
0: set the example and gosh as a as a mom to what soon will be three daughters like i it's important that i get this stuff figured out like yes. i don't want i don't want any of my negative self talk or judgment to be transferred onto them right. uh, and and i mean ugh, it's hard like in this society it's really hard to protect anyone, female, male, from um, from this uh, valuation based on our looks.
1: Yes, it's very, very hard. But it if we is. give them a sort of a balanced, you know, strong platform yeah. to launch from, so yeah. at least when when those things happen to them, mm-hmm. they feel more secure and more underst- realizing where it's coming from from the other people. How
0: did you raise like Joe to be as like? just awesome and confident and also like compassionate as she is so here so um B's daughter Joe is getting married in September and she um she asked Huxley to be her flower girl and she wrote like the sweetest card and she's like Huxley these are the things we have in common da, 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 da. and I read it out loud to my sister last night because she was staying at my house and she's like oh my gosh like how like I, she's like, I didn't do any of that stuff when I was a bride. I was like, gosh me neither. I loped. Like, I didn't do any of this. Like how did you raise someone who is sweet and compassionate and can get along with anyone but is like also so strong and confident? I just feel like Joe is like the epitome of a cool woman. She is a strong woman. She's so strong, sure. but she's also soft. Yeah, she's like very that card that she wrote.' Oh, that yeah, is, like, so beautiful. So sweet. Mm-hmm. So
1: like it did you do you have any tricks? I think we just, I mod- we modeled in the house, you know, that of course feelings are important and compassion is like the most important thing you can give yourself and to anybody else. Mm-hmm. So you always talk kindly to ourselves uh-huh. and we talk kindly to each other. Even yeah. though I don't, I say negative talk to myself. I but know, I did like, share but you didn't that transfer any of it to No, her. I did not. And, and she was, um, she grew up um, and she was going to be a big girl because she ended up, she's 6'1", so mm-hmm. she was going to be very, very tall. Yeah. And so middle school was very hard for her. Yeah. There was a lot of comments about her. Not Did it bring her down? But it would, she would come home, and she would be sad, or she would ask me about it. Uh-huh. And I would just say, oh, Joe, your day's coming, babe. <laughs> you know, I would just sort of empower her. i say, yes, yeah. you're, you're strong. You're gonna be tall, you're gonna be powerful, athlete. you're gonna be an athlete. So we kind of channeled that. But you reframed it for we her. We reframed it. I mean, we, we reframed definitely it. reframed it for her. Yeah. yeah. And she did. Yeah. She oh became my gosh, she strong did. and powerful Holy and a great cow. athlete. So yeah. it was, it's almost like figuring out what the what the person's potential is, like mm-hmm. the child's potential, and kind of watching it and then slowly mm-hmm. sort of, you know, reinforcing it. Like like Huxley, what a great gift you have as as an empath. Like yes. so great at feelings and sharing feelings and yeah. you know, kind of harnessing a power that they yeah. already have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Ray's like that too. He's a great empath, too. Oh yeah. Very loving totally and you know, yeah. and even now, like I want to talk about his tum-tum, but I don't. Right. And I say more like, wow, what a great shot you had there. And you are so strong on the basketball court right. when you're playing. So always reframing. Right. So we
0: need to now do that for ourselves.
1: Yes. Like, isn't it funny? We can do it for our children. <laughs> but like for us, we're like, I'm not worth it. I'm all, well, I'm a fat ass or so whatever. You know, not that it matters, but I'm constantly that negative talk about, look at your stomach and what about your arm and, yeah. Even though I know that's completely shallow and worthless. It is. And not true. You right. You that, that has no right. bearing on and who you know I what? am as who a human. Who cares if
0: someone does have a fat
1: stomach? I don't care. It has no bearing on who they are as a person. Totally.
0: Like and it, it doesn't even matter.
1: In some cultures, in Hawaii, in the old days, oh, yeah. before, well, actually, yeah, before white people came and right when white people came to the islands, um, being overweight was uh, was a sign of wealth. Well, I think in a lot of cultures, right? Because it mean, you, yeah, you have even in Europe, you have resources. Access to resources.
0: And that is another thing that we have to be like we have to be reminded of is <laughs> there. It, it's just what society thinks is like uh, desirable now. Yes, because it was different a hundred years ago and hundred years before that. Like it constantly changes, so we have to we have to work so hard to not get like tunnel vision as to what is what is right or what is good or what is wanted or what makes us valuable or what as a woman, I, am I, am I, am I living up to my, um, responsibility as a woman? And I love, I love all the, um, all the talk out there. It's like, you don't, you don't owe anybody, um, like beauty. You don't owe. I love that. I love that because I, I I even feel, and I'm so much better about it now. I do think that because I mean, if you guys have seen me, (laughs) You can tell I don't really put that much effort into it. But I think that there's a lot of us, and um, maybe I think I have natural good looks or something. I don't she know. Done. But it's like, I don't really. But it's like, um, you you don't owe, you don't, you don't have to look good. You don't owe that to anybody. You yeah. as a woman, you don't have to look good. You can look any way you want, and, yes. and you're allowed to take up that That's space such in, a any, great point. in any way. In any capacity. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I work on that. I, I, I do. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes I'll get dressed up and, like, put makeup on. But for the most part, I, I try really hard to just be, like, in my own skin. Well,
1: and I have a, a hang-up, like, do men find me attractive?
0: Exactly. Like,
1: I'm like, who gives a – I mean, sorry, I was to say a bad word. But who gives a crap about that?
0: Like, I know. Do men
1: find me attractive?
0: Because there's something, like, <laughs> inside of us that feels like that's our obligation as females to be attractive to males. Now, in a way, I think that part of this does kind of um, uh, result from being mammals. Yes, animals, just animals. regular animals, like we want to yes. breed or
1: whatever. Yes,
0: and so I do find that maybe some of that is tied on a biological level mm-hmm. to that. But guess what? We're smart enough, involved enough to know that... Yeah, that doesn't need to. That
1: doesn't need to be like our ruler, our end all and be all. And also, I think media and whatever has run away with that. Oh, absolutely. Well, and they do it to make money. Yeah, and and they do make money. They're going to
0: figure out what is actually going to work. Do not want wrinkles. Do you want um,
1: your eyebrows to look like that? Do you want them to be raised and kind of filled in? (laughs) What about your breasts? Do you want them larger? You know, I mean, everything is like, oh my goodness. Totally, but, but I think that there is this
0: undercurrent to most women mm-hmm. that we feel like we need to be attractive.
1: Yes. That it's our duty to be it's attractive. It's our duty, yes. We have to be. And we were not, I mean, I don't know. It's just a, it's just. It's just when we talk about it like this, I feel like what a complete waste of time. It's a huge waste of time. Really? And I think that's the bottom line. be solving world peace.
0: But instead, we're thinking about our thighs, our, or our thighs, or our stomach. It's or so our dumb. Arms. I mean, like, give me I, I a get break, so frustrated with yeah, myself. Makes me mad.
1: Makes me mad.
0: Yeah. And and I do think that that for me is part of my like biggest hang up with self love. And we talked about this like, why is self love so hard? But I do feel like, in our defense, there are a lot of external forces like pushing against our even intent for self-love mm-hmm. it's like oh you want to love yourself well here's another picture yes. of somebody with <laughs> perfect boobs <laughs> whatever you know I mean, she like, must love herself a lot totally but that's like <clears throat> that's also part of the messed up um correlation we have is yes. that i can love myself easier if i lo- if i look a certain way yes. so i'm gonna work really hard to look this way so that i can love myself because so, yeah. then I'll be worthy of my own love yes right and that's total BS yeah, I mean, and this, this, come this is on. my body
1: this is the body I got this is the face I got that's it
0: yeah and you know what something could happen to you tomorrow yes and then let's say you lose all your looks and what do you have left I have me you have you I have me left this is me yes underneath all the layers yeah but it's difficult living in these bodies, it our is. experience with our inside of our bodies. And I think we all need to start really being aware of how um, how often I bring the awareness of this experience to my attention. And is it serving me or harming me? Is it keeping me in the now or is it taking me from it? Is it is it adding value or is it is it, is it taking away? Yes, shine the light shine the light on it and then you can start to make some changes but the thing is when I asked you how many times you said maybe one to two an hour but then once you bring awareness to it you're like oh Oh, shit it is way more than that yes then it's like, okay, maybe this, I need to work on this. Yeah, then you're like,
1: oh, wow. Gosh,
0: this is way, way more frequent than I
1: thought. This yeah. is probably not healthy. It's not healthy, yeah. I wonder why I have a hard time loving myself. Hello? Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Especially when those two are
1: correlated. Yes, when they converge. When they converge. You're like, hello.
0: I love myself so much when I'm feeling great about myself. Yes, when I look after I've worked out. Yes, I so go home, take a shower. Take a shower, I put like, on just the pants that fit just right. Right, it's like oh, then it's so much easier to love me. Yes, yeah. Oh, oh. it's hard being a human. It's tiring, sometimes.
1: it's tiring out here, isn't it, guys? Tiring Ladies. out here, <laughs> people,
0: <laughs> <laughs> folks, folks. So I think just shedding light, like you said, shedding light yeah. onto this this experience of being in the body
1: and <sighs> and hashtag grateful. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know, oh. I love my... I mean, we should love our little bodies trying so hard to be in this world and... I know. You know. And, and the compassion
0: that I feel for my children. Oh. Like, that is that is what we need to... We need to give that compassion to ourselves. ourselves. And like we've mentioned with this workshop, um, a lot of this focus is bringing that childlike play and spirit and relationship
1: of just
0: being in our bodies. We just We just... Are in these bodies, we don't have to think about it so much. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I
1: don't want to think about it so much. No, I'm practicing radical self love.
0: Practicing, and that's the key word. Practicing it's a practice. It's a, a practice. practice. Some days are going to be easier than others. And that's okay. That's how practices go. But you've got to keep putting the work in. My gosh, imagine like all that we could get done if we weren't
1: <laughs> thinking about this. <laughs> 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 oh well. Well, we can't yeah. wait to hear from you guys about your thoughts on this. And hey,
0: and don't forget to write in with your questions. We've got a couple great emails so far. We want to get a couple more before we do our special episode. We want to hear. Do you have any questions? Do you have any topics that you want us to explore? You can sign it with your real name. You can sign with a pseudonym like um, Rageful and. Helena, I don't know, whatever. I mean, where's she gonna say? I know, I, I was trying to think of a place to see her. i and Texas. Rochester, there we go. Rochester. <laughs> Rageful and Rochester. Rageful um, and it, it. What?
1: <laughs> I also have a pro- small problem with my mouth. <laughs>
0: We'll save that one. But Kaylee
1: still loves me, and I love myself.
0: (laughs) I love me. I love me. Love you guys. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.